And welcome to the Nintendo Stuff Podcast, where we're going to be talking about a lot of Nintendo stuff today, like we do every Friday at 7.30 Central most time. time. Most of the time. Uh, we uh, have other things going on with our lives sometimes, but tonight That's a is asterisk. not that an exception to, 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 the, to the rule, and uh, we, got a, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um... This was an eventful week, actually. Yeah, it was pretty uh, After good. weeks of nothing, aside from the Smash Direct, we've been in kind of a drought. Yeah, because uh, the Smash Direct is really, you know, just unsubstantial. It doesn't really matter much. I said outside of it. <laughs> just the Smash Direct. That's literally, like, the only thing that's happened in two or three months. Uh, but this week, we've had a lot of cool things happen uh, the Detective Pikachu trailer finally released. You know that's Pikachu? The... What? What's Pikachu? Pikachu is one of those Nintendo mons. Right, Nintendo it's a Digimon. Um, <laughs> so if you were with us last week, we talked about uh, kind of our expectations for the Detective Pikachu movie, and uh, we were under the impression that we'd have a trailer for this to talk about for this episode, and that came true. So you'll get our full opinions on Detective Pikachu later in the episode. But, like we always do, every week on Nintendo Stuff, we start the week off with uh, the... What is it? Smash the Smash Blog. Thank you. <laughs> like, I'm staring at it, and I'm like, what is this thing called? What is this thing that we do every week? What uh, do really we talk quick, about though, every week? I should also mention we'll be talking about Pokemon Let's Go later on, because that came out today. Also... We will be in Schaumburg tomorrow at the Woodfield Mall to partake in the Nintendo Holiday 2018 event to play the full roster build of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. If you want to hang out with us or meet up with us, we will be there. Except me. We're not, we're not really excited to do that. What? What? Log, I'm pretty hype. Log will not be there, though, sadly. Jonathan you in the never chat. Are. You guys are so wrong. I'm assuming that's in a in response to the title. About Detective Pikachu looking awesome. Oh, I yeah, about the Digimon. In in uh in other group snaps, uh, Jonathan had some some choice words to say. Don't uh, worry, I had uh, them right back. Yeah. Uh, but let's dive into the Smash blog while we're here. Uh, starting with Little Mac as a boxer, Little Mac fights with his fists alone, no kicks. When his power meter fills up, he can use a special KO uppercut, which can really turn a battle around. For his final smash, he turns into Giga Mac and pummels the opponent with a furious rush of punches. I like Little Mac. I'm a little tear main. Paul, you were mentioning a change that you noticed before the show started. I wish I could say, like, for sure that this was new or not, but I know, like, his charge punch, they show him turning around and, like, punching mid-attack. No, there's I don't not. Remember, I don't remember that being possible. Not that Wait. I specifically tried, but... In his little twenty-second trailer here, yeah, it's a uh, it's a shot with Lucina. Oh Lucina yeah, he dodges he, behind him and then he turns around and he totally him. is turning around on his own. I don't. I, I didn't really see like any that. Forces that was changing that. Yeah, that's a really honestly that's a really good thing for him because that attack was pretty much just punish candy for the other person. I'm really hoping that that turns him into middle Mac. Middle Mac for, for mid tier. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice because the the sad part is, is like there were so many complaints about Little Mac before the game came out that 
people are saying he was going to be OP and all this. And uh... <laughs> the worst thing is that got him nerfed. It got him nerfed post-launch with an update. So, in regards to Ultimate, we don't say any character is OP, otherwise you get Greninja and Little Mac who get nerfed for no good reason. I mean, well, what about was Bayonetta, that really though? the reasoning, or was that just, like, something that just happened, you know? There was, a, I mean, well, th- there was a lot of commentary on these things, and obviously people were listening in the early stages of uh, post-release, um, and I think that did actually end up affecting things. You look at Sakurai and his team, especially for Ultimate, and, you know, he was at the Invitational, and they're looking at all these events. They're even taking, like... Uh, insight from pro players they're telling them to treehouse members and then the treehouse members are relaying what they hear to uh to sakurai and his team right Probably they heard about so bayonetta. they're definitely listening bayonetta well he watched bayonetta live on stage he's like oh no that wasn't supposed <laughs> to, to happen fix that uh so uh honestly i don't i think that's a good thing um but just to again to preface this let's not make too harsh judgments on any characters right now so that characters who aren't OP don't get nerfed into oblivion. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, like, with any piece of science, uh, you need to do, you know, the thing again and again and again and again and again to make sure that that is the case. You can't just, like... And that's that's how tier lists are decided. Right. But, uh, I mean, we just have too many people who, who are making too many claims early on. Right. Uh, like right now, the current tier list for Ultimate, I think, has Pikachu and uh, one other character is like S tier. Hmm. Uh, and for all we know, that could be so far from the truth, but people are saying it anyway. And I don't want that to like adversely affect Pikachu if Pikachu ends up actually being like mid tier. Because it would be pointless to nerf him at that point. Yeah. I think you definitely need to wait for the game to actually be out in order to start making these calls. Exactly. <laughs> Thank I you. mean, if you're basing this entirely on the demo, like, there's problems. At least we have Elite Smash now, and that Sakurai and his development team are going to specifically use results of those battles to uh, make judgments as far as balancing, which is yeah. a fantastic idea, by the way. <laughs> uh,. So, uh, in regards to Little Mac, he also can jump out of side B now. Yay! Does go in a free fall. So, no more haymakering off the edge of the stage <laughs> and dying. <laughs> Dude, I did that so much. I, I think I played, uh, last time I played Smash 4, like, I played a little bit of Little Mac. And, man, that's, I died so much doing that. So having I mean, a way out you're of not that. Playing Little Mac right if your first move isn't to immediately haymaker off the stage with your first stop. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how you start every match to assert dominance. Maybe uh, we should just start playing this game in a box, you know? <laughs> so he can't fall off. Yeah. Uh, moving on, today's music, you can now listen to Seascape, the tune you know and love from Splatoon, is now in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Uh, Hirokazu Tanaka's new arrangement leads uh, lends the track a more relaxed, mature vibe. Uh, this is kind of counter to what Sakurai has been saying in early uh, interviews in his Famitsu column, because uh, this song actually is kind of relaxed, and I don't know where I stand on it. I mean, it's a good song. I just I don't think it I feel fits like the it's vibe. just upbeat enough. 
Yeah, I like, was gonna right say I, it still yeah. it still has like a driving force. It's not like it's more relaxed, but that doesn't mean it's like a relaxed song, you know. Mm-hmm. Just not as aggressive as other songs. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a good track. Uh, any music we get from Splatoon is good in my book, and I, all the songs we've heard so far, I've been really impressed with. Yeah, I was about to say, I I don't anticipate that there's going to be like a particularly bad track in this game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you get so many it's... people and so many people like arranging these things, and they're all so talented, like you're, it's it's going to be good. I was going to say, except for environmental noises from the Pikmin franchise. <laughs> Wait, man, that's my jam. Don't even go there. My favorite stage builder stage I ever made was in Brawl. And it was uh, four individual boxes with spikes on the top that were completely enclosed and inescapable. And if you put spikes on the top of platforms, a stage builder will not spawn characters on top of that. So the only places they could spawn were the little one-by-one square holes that I left for them. Uh, so on the stage... They would spawn inside these little squares with the spikes on top, on top that they couldn't escape. They couldn't interact with each other. You couldn't even die. Uh, so I think I just named the stage like nothing or something, and I gave it the track environmental noises. <laughs> <laughs> I remember They'd making some jam. like pretty stupid tracks and like brawl, not tracks, some stages in like brawl. I remember making one that was like the largest stage and then literally just building a large box with like a tiny opening at the top. And so like only if you got like hit at the exact angle and you were at like 300 plus percent was there a chance that you could even die. Otherwise they would just like bounce around like within the box. I think we had a couple like that too, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but also, like, my personal favorite that we ever came up with was just a really big staircase. <laughs> yeah. More on that in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, I, I also remember I only ever made one stage in Wii U Stage Builder because it was poopy. Um, but the name of the... like, two or three of them on there. There is, but I downloaded the other ones. Uh, gotcha. They actually had a really nice system for downloading stages from, on, you know, like, Miiverse and whatnot. But... Uh, the one stage I made, I told my now wife, but at the time girlfriend, that I was going to make a stage for her. She was, like, reading a book or something. Uh, so she's reading her book, and I'm on my Wii U gamepad putting my stage together. And uh, <laughs> once I was done, I was like, all right, your stage is done. And it's, it's literally just the word weenie spelled out as a stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so proud of that creation. That is, like, we, we've battled on that, like, recently. And it's just a nightmare of a stage. <laughs> it's really awful. <laughs> There's like uh, no ledges that you can grab onto, so it's you're more likely to just kill yourself. It doesn't like... even make sense. Like you just like fall alongside <laughs> ledges that look like they should be grabbable, but then you die. <laughs> uh Charlotte in the chat says, I definitely had fun making dumb stages like that. Uh like like one that was just a pit with spikes that you couldn't get out of. I think we all come from uh, from similar places in terms of design. Are we all sadistic? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of stages, uh, we do have Pokemon Stadium 1 from Melee. Uh, after 10 years, it's back. In addition to the basic stadium formation, the stage also switches between fire, water, rock, and grass variations. If you want to win on this stage, you'll have to alter your strategy based on the current formation. Uh, I love this stage. I don't know about you guys. 
Oh, I've always loved the stage. It's yeah. one of my favorites. You know, they, I, I saw that it says, after 10 <laughs> years, it's back. And I was kind of like, huh? Because, like, I hardly played Smash Wii U. I didn't you know? like Pokemon Stadium 2 as much as the original, so I'm really glad to see it back. Yeah, so am I. Uh, and also, you know, I mean, Stadium 2 is also in the game, so if you like that one, that one's Options. also available. Right. Uh, so a lot you know, of they them. use this. They use the stage in competitive melee, and one of one of the big discussions for this stage was whether or not they were going to play with hazards on or off, because uh, they've been playing it obviously with hazards on for what seventeen years now. <laughs> um, so, do they want to change it so that they only play on that standard formation or keep the transformations on? What do you guys think? Isn't there one formation of it though? That they just like will not fight each other on. Yeah, if I think it's fire. If fire <laughs> shows up, usually the competitors. We'll just stop, go to other sides of the stage, and just wait. <laughs> I think it. Oh, it so you're talking about the like, competitive scene, specifically competitive, right? Okay. Now. I think it depends on that aspect if they want to keep the break or not. <laughs> well, they will usually like use that opportunity for like button check or to try out, um, you know, some of their moves to make sure that they're still focused. Um, I kind of like the transformations personally. Um, I like seeing a little bit of weirdness in competitive Smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those things I don't entirely want to let go of, but I can, I'll, I'd understand if they would opt to just go hazardless because it's a great stage layout. Yeah, just I anticipate that they'll probably go without, like, they'll turn hazards off. So with hazards off, does that mean it's literally just the Pokemon Stadium with the two platforms? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I was so happy when that feature got announced because it was the one thing from Wii U that I kept asking for with every Miiverse post, and I saw bat I saw Final Destination forms, and I was like, "That's almost what I wanted." <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, we got today's item. It's uh, the Akira Assist Trophy uh, from the original Virtua Fighter game. Akira joins the battle with the same graphic style as his original appearance. He has a wide variety of attacks at his disposal, but none represent him better than Tetsu Zanko. When he leaves the fight, he says his signature line. Uh, by the way, Bayonetta's forward throw is also based off of Tetsuzanko. A little neat factoid that we didn't know before. Yeah. Confirmed. Uh, I, style. I love this assist trophy. <laughs> I, I really like that Sakurai isn't afraid to just like bring properties in and not alter them at all. Yeah. Mm. Just Especially seeing them in their... four stages. Yeah, like just keeping them in their purest form the way that you remember them. Uh, it makes it, I think, a nicer callback than to like update it or modernize it. Just Well, other than the fact that his uh, shadows are, are pretty high resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the uh, fact that you can see the blocks. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I love that because uh, they've got it for this one. They also have uh, the original Super Nintendo Andross Assist Trophy where it's like all tile-based. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Kawashima from uh, Brain Age also shows up in a polygonal form. Uh, yeah, I just love all of that. I just love polygons. They're the best. Yeah, man. The I was kind of like low-key low hoping that they would let you change, or there would be alts for every character that would represent their appearance in every Smash Brothers. So, like, you would have an N64 alt for Mario, like a melee alt for Mario. Um... I don't really care if there's one for Brawl, personally. Um, <laughs> and Smash 4. 
thought it would have been a neat touch. This is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, so, and they are calling back to '64 in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those ways is with the idea of spirits being toys. Um, speaking of spirits, we've got primary spirits come in different types. Uh, we have attack, shield, and grab. Attack has an advantage over grab. Grab has an advantage over shield, and shield has an advantage over attack. Where Try have we seen that before? I don't know. It's almost Try like so original. It's almost <laughs> like it's almost like somebody's a fan of Fire Emblem or rock paper scissors. What? Or just Smash Brothers. Uh, try to equip spirits that are strong against your opponent's spirit team. So yeah, you just want to mix and match these um, in a way that gives you an advantage over your opponent. I like that oh. this kind of stuff is in here. I also like that the game has a recommended button so that I don't have to think about it if I don't feel like it. I mean, I don't have to think about it. It's just all Waluigi. He's <laughs> the only spirit for me. <laughs> you just get like three different forms of Waluigi assists. I mean, I can't ask for anything more from Smash. Like, that's it. Just give me exactly, what is it, three forms of Waluigi, and I'm good. That's all I'll you need. I'll never ask Sakurai for anything ever again. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the last post of the week. This is Meta Knight. This fighter not only has tons of quick moves, he can perform a midair jump five times. All his wow. special moves have a recovery aspect, so use them at the right time. His final smash is Darkness Illusion, which unleashes a fast series of aerial attacks, which is an update from uh, the lame, very lame final smash he used to have, in my opinion, uh, where he would, like, cast his cape and veil over the opponent. The screen would go black, and then, like, three seconds later, he would attack them once. <laughs> kind of lame. I don't know. I think uh, it's kind of inspiring. I don't know about I you. I mean, though. it's cool in concept, but it's not very neat to look at. And I feel like that's what a Final Smash should be. It should be cool to watch. It should be epic. That's why I like Ike so at you, much. Peach. Whenever I use Ike's Final Smash, he just, like, throws the opponent up into the air and beats the living tar out of them. <laughs> that's what I want. Flashy super move. I mean, that's... I, I think that's what anybody would want, right? It's, like, something that's kind of out of your control. Like, you execute it, and once you make that hit, then the animation plays. And so it's, like... You know, you want something to look at, you know, when you're not going to be doing anything after that point. Right. Um, and that brings us to the end of the Smash blog this week. Uh, Smash blog posts from this point forward aren't going to be as big in the discussion since we pretty much know everything now. Um, I mean, in but it's still weeks. worth The game's out, yeah. So, But it's still worth discussing, you know, leading up to the release of the game. Absolutely, because yeah. um, you know Sakurai might come out and start talking about some single player stuff. Uh, in fact, there's been rumors over the last week uh, that there will be free mode DLC updates alongside the Fighters Pass. In addition to maybe, I think it was more Fighters. On top of that, I would assume these would be Echo Fighters that you would get as free DLC updates. I mean, that's a great free model DLC. <laughs> if they want to take more of my money, you know, I'm not paying them on that. I will just mail Nintendo my credit card. I'm still hoping that we'll get, you know, in the form of some free, like, updates, like, certain modes that just aren't there. Uh, I That's feel what like... I said. Oh, sorry, I was totally <laughs> distracted. But... It... This is... That is the rumor. Yeah. So, 
I mean, but it also just makes sense. Like, with all of their, like, big, like, online offerings up to this point, like, that's essentially what they've done. Is they will release, you know, new modes and new stages and, and such like that. And obviously we know we're getting um, the DLC packs, uh, the fighter pack. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's... I don't think that's going to be the only DLC that we get. No, like Sakurai, during the direct, like when he got to the DLC portion, he was like, why close the door on more opportunities? Mm-hmm. Um, just because he told us we're getting five DLC characters in the Fighter's Pass doesn't mean that's the only DLC we're getting. Right. And it's specifically called the Fighter's Pass, which means there could be even more paid DLC that maybe cover different things. Yeah, more stages, more modes, more spirits, more... Charlotte's got the right idea. I might as well just sell my soul to Nintendo now. Oh, I do remember. The other part of that rumor is that there would be free spirit DLC updates alongside yeah. modes. Also, to suggest that we already haven't sold our souls to Nintendo. <laughs> Just put the DLC on my tab. Basically. Um, yeah. In our discussion with Roger and David, uh, I even mentioned the possibility that they would just constantly like shadow drop spirits into the game. Uh, because he specifically doesn't tell us how many there are, and he wants us to guess, which tells me that it will grow over time. I mean, yeah. over, what, 900 tracks for music? I don't even want to guess how there's, many spirits there are. There's probably thousands, because all they have to do is slap a JPEG in there. <laughs> <laughs> you slap a JPEG and give it some functionality, and you're done. I'm Boom. sure it's more involved than that. Uh, let's see. We got some discussion from Reggie. Uh, this comes Dad. from Kotaku. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, he says that the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Switch hardware bundle is effectively sold out. So if you wanted that, fortunately, seems like it's too late. Uh, it doesn't even make mention that they would start selling more later on. It sounds like that's just it. I mean, it came with a Pro Controller, so... Uh... The Switch hardware bundle did? No. Oh, I'm thinking, never mind. I'm talking about the, the dock, like the special dock at Joy-Cons. Yeah. Also included the game, because it wouldn't be a very good bundle if it didn't include the game. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, he also says, Mr. Sakurai will continue to tweak the different characters until launch and even past launch in regards to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, he also says, would I have loved to have seen the game released earlier this year? Uh, certainly. An early December launch is challenging. It's challenging from a business perspective. It's challenging from a retail pers- retailer perspective. And I'm glad that he brings that up because for them to release Smash in December at, in in some respects could be like suicide for the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, because like all of those major purchases that people are probably buying, they get during Black Friday. Uh, and this unfortunately is coming out like, you know, a week and a half after that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, anybody who's, like, planning on buying, like, a Switch and Smash, like, they're probably looking ahead, you know? They're like, oh, well, it's that, coming that's out why they did that, uh, that's why they released that hardware bundle with the, uh, the free game download. Yeah. To get it out there so that people could buy it, um, even though the game isn't released. I think that was actually a really good strategy on their part. In this particular case, it's Smash Brothers. Love is going to find a way. 
regardless I mean, yeah, of when people are gonna buy it, but like I can I can understand from their perspective, like you know, they released Mario Odyssey in October, giving people plenty of time for the holiday season, and now Super Mario Odyssey is the number one selling game on Switch. They know that Smash is going to be a high selling product, um, but they are undoubtedly going to lose a little bit from not being just a little earlier in the year. I mean, uh, I wholeheartedly I... believe that if they could have released it sooner, they would have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This was the only Although, way. I don't necessarily think it'll affect the sales, like, long-term. Maybe, like, that initial rush. But, no, but, again, but like... they, they, wanna, they want that initial rush to look good for investors. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I can understand their misgivings right now, but, like, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to have a long-term effect on the sales of the game. Because they have next holiday season, too. Because people are going to be buying Smash all the way through the life of the system. Oh, absolutely. And probably after the fact. Yeah. I mean, it'll it'll be up there, right? Cause what was it like two weeks ago? Mario Kart Wii sold 40,000 units. Oh, wow. Well, well, just in like a week? For like a month's time frame. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like selling on average like three hundred to 400,000 a month. Really? I thought it was just 40,000. No, because I mean, I okay, and now I Mario don't... Mario Kart Wii? Oh, Mario Kart Wii. I'm sorry. I am, like, so out of it right now. I apologize. Yeah, Mario Kart Wii sold 40,000 units. Okay, that's s- stupid. It's in a good way. But you it's can't also even play like, online of that anymore. Well, I mean, obviously, but, like... I, I... They People are going to have to get rid of their Wiis because the video services are going to be dropped. I was about to say, what is the Wii because the video service just shut down? <laughs> what is going on? They're still selling 40,000 units of Mario Kart Wii. That's impressive, what is man. This? Like, what is this, 12 years after the Wii came out? I mean, way yeah. to go Nintendo, I guess. Well, I mean, that's just the staying power that Mario Kart has. And Wii is also, Mario Kart Wii is the best-selling Mario Kart game of all time. Partially because it's on the Wii. (laughs) And and we're using this as a kind of an encouragement for our argument that that Smash is probably going to be fine. (laughs) I think it's always going to be fine. Like I said, love always finds a way. I think, like... Really, oh, the ahead. only the really the only thing like you mentioned earlier is like the investors want to see that big you know thing, which I think it's like it's understandable but also s- stupid. I don't know what investors are looking for. Obviously, I'm not investing. Uh, um, they're looking for money. Yeah, but like the money is going to be like, there. With, we've seen trends with investors in Nintendo that don't always make sense. Like yeah. uh, when the Switch was announced, didn't wasn't there like a huge drop, like a, a big drop? Yeah, because like I don't think they were like, "Oh, this is going to be a success," right? And then Mario Odyssey sells ten million plus. Well, <laughs> and then it's also like, okay, uh, not not a video game, but so, a, a movie like Avatar, and and you can you can agree or disagree on the quality of the content that it is, uh, but. It was a juggernaut in terms of the revenue that it generated in theaters. And 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 here's the thing about that movie is it never had like one like incredible week. It just did really, really, really well for a really extended period of time, right? Yeah. Um and so that's the kind of the same thing with like uh, you know, Mario Kart uh eight deluxe on the Switch. 
is that like sure mario part not mario party um odyssey mario odyssey like you know is the best selling game but we know it's not going to be forever because not after pokemon came out well not I, but even even pokemon even pokemon pokemon let's go will not be the best selling game on the switch i chances are at the end of its life cycle Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, unless Mario Kart 9 releases on the Switch, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe will be the best-selling game on the Switch, hands down. I don't know about that, but it'll be up there. I think it'll it'll be it'll make top three at the very least. Oh, hands down. There will hands be a down. Mario Kart, a Mario, another Mario title, and then Pokemon. That's your top three by far. Unless there's like, well, I don't know about that then because like. I think Mario, like, on the high side, like, a 3D Mario game might, you know, do, like, 13 million uh, over time. Like, looking at Odyssey, even Odyssey is going to be a great success. If they do, like, a, a follow-up Odyssey 2, I don't think it will do quite as well. Uh, that tends to be the trend. Um, and then, but if you get, like, you know, multiple... Um, multiple Pokemon games, like those are almost always some of the best selling systems on the handhelds. I think they are on uh, the 3DS. I believe um, so. Yeah. And yeah. then we got another set of Pokemon games coming out next November. Yeah, so. And there's, there's no way they're not going to do like another remake, right? Another remake the year afterwards. And then they're going to have gen like nine or whatever. They've been releasing Pokemon every single year for the last several years i think yeah i mean like consistently yeah i i, I would like, like them, money i would like them to like take a break but at the very least like one's I mean, like a are. one's like a remake right so they're just like yeah that's, that's kind of like the cycle re- they're on there. right rebuilding it and getting more familiar with like okay here's how we we're can on improve uh, things. we're on new generation generation expanded remake new generation yeah, so I think that'll continue. So it's almost like they're not, it's not like it's a new game every year, technically, even though technically it is. Um, it's it's not like it's a, a full, like, blown, like, um, what do you say? It's not like the whole process, right? Yeah. It's like the process spread out over a few years with, with games coming out yearly. Uh, in a, in spirit of the sales number discussion, Reggie also had an interview with The Verge and talked specifically about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, where he says the pre-sale trends for both of these titles are tracking to the best we've ever seen on Nintendo Switch. The consumer engagement through all of our digital activity has been exceptionally strong. Early reviews of Pokemon Let's Go ahead of release are positive too, which bodes well for Nintendo, especially given that Pokemon... Uh, that the Pokemon title was likely the riskier sell to fans. It's both the first real console Pokemon game and one that is radically different from more traditional games in the series. And there's also, uh, if you go on uh, the top-selling video games on Amazon right now, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate holds the first spot, followed by Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, followed by the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu bundle, I think, and then Red Dead Redemption 2, and I think Pokemon Let's Go Eevee is right after that. Oh, wow. Um... I think there's a larger market for this kind of Pokemon game than there is a core Pokemon game. Absolutely. I and think that's, that's, that's weird to say, cause there's game. a huge market for Pokemon games. Uh, but I, because I, of the, the casual nature 
and then again, putting Pikachu like right on the front of it, right? And your like, Pokemon Go integration. That's like that's going to so, get a lot of people on. Yeah, so there's a lot of factors in here. So I think the market is like so much bigger and I mean it's amazing to see like the success that is Pokemon Go and again like I still have my issues with it like where are certain features that you know were promised like at launch or uh, they were promised before launch that weren't in there at launch and they're still not in there um but people still play it and it's still and it makes like more money like than it did then now and so which is unbelievable um, uh and they're also they're using let's go pikachu and eevee as a way to coax those go players into actually participating in the full pokemon experience for next year yeah i guarantee you there will be there will still be some pokemon go elements still in next year's game maybe not as heavily as it is right now um but they're trying to attract those people but also hold on to them and keep them I okay, I'll say this now. I would not be surprised if Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is like the best selling Pokemon titles pair of all time. No, b- behind the originals. <laughs> oh, the, okay. the first gen. Because, like, I don't think there's any way they're ever going to be able to replicate the sales numbers that they had with first gen. First gen is like over <laughs> over 30 million or something like that. Something insane. Yeah. Um, and it was just so fresh back then, right? Uh, but I, I think. I don't know what's it's probably second gen is is the closest, but even then, I think that might be sub twenty million, uh, as I understand it. But I again, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and uh, over time, again, because I think Let's Go will continue to sell even when the next uh, generation comes out next year. Because again, it just it occupies a different space. And we know they never do this with Pokemon specifically, but if they mark this these two games down when uh the next set of games come out uh they're going to get a hard push for for more sales on let's go also i'm not trying to get into this discussion right this second but detective pikachu is coming out this summer and there's no way that's not going to play into people being like huh there's a new pokemon game on the switch and there's a Detective Pikachu, and I can import my Pokemon Go, like Pokemon in. And there's this gonna game. be a mystery and gift Detective Pikachu hat. I was just about to say that. Uh, using your My Nintendo account QR system, they will scan it. You'll get a gift. You might even get just a Pikachu with a hat in it in your game. Uh, guaranteed. Yeah, like this is really really exciting. Oh, okay. So I'll say this. I'll say this real quick. Um, according to VG charts, which their numbers are a little iffy sometimes, but pretty accurate. Uh, Pokemon red, green, and blue over 31 million. Uh, Pokemon. Yeah, this is combined sales. Uh, Pokemon gold, silver, uh, over 23 million. And then Pokemon diamond and pearl, 18 million. Uh, and then Pokemon XY, and then Ruby, Sapphire, Black, White, Sun and Moon. Um, though the best singular selling Pokemon game... Uh, well, it depends. I guess there's three versions of first gen, so that could be split in a number of ways. There's four. 
<laughs> well, yes. Yes. Well, but I was going to say, Pokemon Yellow itself has almost like 15 million sold. Yep, that's what I got as a kid. So... It's... And me was just red. I can't believe, like... I got those hot upgraded Pokemon sprites. The first gen was released Low in key. 98 in... So, I mean, Pokemon's like, what, 20 years old now? Yeah, but I mean, is 98 the North American release? I don't know. Got a couple years in Japan before then. Was it a couple years? It was 96 in Japan. Was it 96 in Japan? Pretty sure. Well, as far as we've known it, um, it was was 96 in, in, in Japan. In Pokemon Sun and Moon, Red wears a shirt that says 96 on it. Okay. We're not older than Pokemon. What? But still, the fact that Pokemon's over 20 years old and it's still running like this strong. Now, not to say that there aren't other franchises that aren't doing fantastically. Obviously, Breath of the Wild is like the best-selling Zelda game of all time. Um, But like, man, like uh, so many, so many other like Pokemon S games that tried to do what Pokemon did like after the fact and tried to just, you know, copy it. Like they're just, I mean, some of them still exist, but they're not, they don't hold the same staying power that Pokemon has. No. And uh, I don't think, I don't, I personally don't think there will ever be a series again that reaches the same level that Pokemon has. Nope. Nope. It's an anomaly. Like, it really is. Um, I remember, like, in the heat of Pokemania, my, my dad thought it was a fad. And here we are, 22 years later, 20 years later. And he was right. And he was very, very right. Yeah, a 20-year fad. <laughs> I still play Pokemon, and I'm 24 years old. And there are people way older than me playing Pokemon. Pretty uh, sure. Like me. Pokemon is the... Looks like the second best-selling series of all time. Behind Mario. But then that's Mario includes, like... Well, even if you just things. include Super Mario. Well, this is according to Wikipedia. that this These numbers might be outdated. But still. Like, holy crap uh speaking of pokemon we do need to get into the main topic of today's episode uh and that is the trailer the first trailer for pokemon detective pikachu starring ryan reynolds as detective pikachu i have never seen ryan reynolds so fuzzy no uh this is the role that i've been waiting for ryan reynolds to get i i was very like cautious going into this trailer because like i was putting a lot of stock into it i'm like you know if they're doing a live action pokemon movie the pokemon company is incredibly protective of the 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 ip so like they're they're only gonna let certain things slide and then i saw that trailer and like all my fears were gone (laughs) yeah no and i guess this is what we've been waiting for in terms of like video game movies right Cause like a lot of the times we'll get like, Oh, here's a video game movie. But then like some weird, there's like weird changes in all these movies, you know, even talking about uh monster hunter and, and what's happening with that film. Like we're still like, what, <laughs> what are they doing? Your face says it all. Um, but like seeing, seeing like, okay, we have to do something to the Pokemon to kind of make them fit in a live action setting. 
But then, like, their designs are still very, very true to the original designs. You, you look at that tweet I uh, tweeted out, I think it was the same day as the trailer. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, a picture of Pikachu, a still from the trailer, as well as a still from just a random episode of the anime. And if you lay them over the top of each other, Pikachu's proportions are almost identical. Like, they are on model. Like, you couldn't get any truer to the Pokemon designs than like going with the poopier looking standard CG they use for the Pokemon trailers. Yeah. And that seems to be like the line that's dividing people as far as designs is they don't like the fact that it leans realistic. But in my opinion, if you didn't do that, it would have actually looked worse. Yeah. Yeah. It would have just been straight hokey if they would have like a smooth CG. They did. (laughs) They did a good job. Pikachu Pikachu was, like, the most important aspect of the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to nail Pikachu's design, and in my opinion, they couldn't have gotten any better than they landed on. I mean, do you want to pick him up and just cuddle him? He's adorable! He's and like, so cute! Even, like, with those big, kind of more realistic-looking eyes, like, it works. I look at him and I say, yeah, that's Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> Give me two of them. Well, and then, like, the the thing with, like, okay, I didn't... I never thought about like if pikachu was real like he'd be fuzzy but it like it makes sense he's he's like a rodent a some people would call him like what's his actual description like like an electric mouse electric mouse right he's a mouse uh there's like i've seen people talk about how pikachu is actually slightly based on like another like rodent called a pika and it's fuzzy and it's a it's a rodent looks kind of like a mouse a little bit less like a mouse, but regardless, it makes sense, right? That Pikachu would be fuzzy, and I just, it didn't dawn on me until I saw it, and I was like, it took me a minute, but then I was like, no, I'm okay with this design. I actually really like this. My, my, like, I felt like I got shot in the heart the moment I saw Pikachu, not because I was upset with what I was looking at, but because I was shocked at how pleasant it was (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's it's cool to see a lot of the different like pokemon in this setting i was i was like really like my eyes like lit up when i saw charizard for the first time i was like oh my goodness that looks like absolutely incredible and it was a little bit gritty and i kind of dug it i was like i've never seen pokemon in this setting i hope the actual rest of the movie is really good Obviously, I think Ryan Reynolds' performance is going to be stellar, like always. I'm glad you brought up that point about the Pokemon, or like Charizard's design, uh, because Charizard is one of my not favorite designs. Not that I dislike it, Um, but the the reason I say that is because just like talking to people and reading comments on the internet, it seems like people are are really varied in how they are receiving each individual Pokemon, like... You know, I love Jigglypuff's design, and I see a lot of people who hate Jigglypuff's design. I love I, Mr. Mime's design. I see people who hate that, too. I don't hate Jigglypuff's design, but there's, like, one shot where his eyes just creep me out. <laughs> They're just, like, so glassy, and it just, like, it gives me nightmares. Yeah. Uh, but see, I like that that uh, everyone's opinions are so different. Um, because everyone has their favorite Pokemon, and I think that's shining here more than it ever has. Yeah, before. I just I, I, I love like he's like Charizard specifically. Like he's a he's a dragon, right? And he's he's all scaly, and it just did you I, notice? Like he's also 
competing in an underground Pokemon battle ring. Yeah. Uh, and, like, he's got scarring all over his face. Like, he's been abused. Yeah. Um, and that shows really well on his character. There's something I need to point out about this trailer, though. It did something that I never thought could be accomplished. It made me like Mr. Mime. I thought Mr. Mime was almost almost leaned too far in the direction of like being in like in an actual like Pokemon like um art like setting. You know what I mean? You you're saying it was too on point or too on brand? I guess so. I don't know. Like it like a lot of the other Pokemon, like it, it, it felt to a degree believable, even though we all know it's CGI and it's a little bit cartoony. I really, really dug Jigglypuff. I like like all I, the little hairs if and you, like if, if you look close at Mr. Mime, uh he actually has peach fuzz on the top of his head, little skin freckles and defects on his face. Yeah. Um I see what you're saying, but I don't think it's – I think if they had gone any further in the realistic direction, Mr. Mime would have actually been creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, obviously they had to make concessions. And that's not to say that I disliked Mr. Mime. Can we you also know? talk about how his little shoulders are dodgeballs? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are. I love all the Is that textures. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, okay, so we've talked a lot about the Pokemon. Um, obviously, we saw a lot of Pokemon in the trailer. We saw Char, uh, Char Charizard, Charmander. We saw uh, Bulbasaur's. We saw there's a Venusaur hiding in there. Um, there's Emolga, the uh, the flying squirrel, like electric Pikachu looking Pokemon. Um, uh, Greninja is in there as well as uh, actually I want to Psyduck. Yes. Um, it's interesting. They're, they, I thought they would lean pretty heavily on Gen 1, and they do in the trailer. But there are Pokemon from all regions just there. Greninja! I mean, was, that the, Greninja! was that the case in the game? Yeah, like all Pokemon are in the game. Um, well, not all of them, but they, they draw from all of Pokemon as a whole. Uh, and I appreciate that. Like People accuse the Pokemon company of like leaning super he- – well, Game Freak specifically – of leaning too heavily in Gen 1. And in some respects, I would agree. I mean, uh, you have 20 years of recognition with Gen 1. Yeah. I, I don't blame them one bit. But I, I think they handled it really well in this movie, at least from what we've seen so far. Like, they gave us a lot of pop- really popular Gen 1 Pokemon. In fact, uh, every Pokemon that appears in Super Smash Brothers was in that trailer, save for Pichu and Mewtwo. I mean, good they luck knew what they were fitting doing. Mewtwo in there. Oh, he's in the movie, guaranteed. Uh, if you look at the poster, there is a garbage can right up front with Mewtwo graffitied on it, but just an M and a 2. Uh, he's also in the game. Um, <laughs> spoilers, man. I would hope he would be in a Gen 1 game. Uh, well, the thing is, like, for Detective Pikachu, in terms of story, which I guess we should move on to, it starts. Uh, Tim Goodman, played by Justice Smith. Uh, Tim Goodman is moving to Rhyme City to look for his father who has gone missing and his father is uh like a police officer or a detective he's, he's like part of law enforcement um he really well loved in the community and he goes missing so tim heads out there to f- figure out where where he went um and when he's in his dad's apartment 
he stumbles across Pikachu like we see in the trailer. That's not how it plays out in the game. So, uh, But in terms of major story beats, it's pretty much on brand. Uh so we get this uh, we we get this little bit, bit of backstory about Tim where he used to be a Pokemon trainer, uh, but that life didn't work out for him. We see some trophies like on his side table, so it seems like he's won some kind of league or championship before. There's a poster right behind his bed of the Sinnoh League Championship, so he maybe participated in that. I love the aspects of like his background as a Pokemon trainer and that life that he's abandoned. It's it's kind of it's kind of symbolic to Pokemon fans who are going to go out and see this movie. There's going to be lapsed Pokemon fans who played when they were kids, who let that, who left all of that behind them because they thought it was childish or you know what, for whatever reason. And now they're going to see the movie and they're like touching, touching that part of their life that they abandoned, and that is symbolized by his connection uh, with Pikachu. I'm. I just thought that was really cute. Side his name note... is Justice. I'm, so I mean I'm already I'm already into it. I'm really excited to see like like the demographics like of who goes to see this movie. Like I think it's going to just be all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's like, going to be There's going to be like adult like, you know, people in their 30s, and late 30s are going to be like, "Oh my god, like even as like a teen like I was playing Pokémon when it came out and all of a sudden it's like Here's a Pokemon movie, and I'm gonna take my kids with me, and all this other stuff. And then, of course, all the kids are gonna be like, "Oh my God, it's Pikachu! Uh, we should go see this." And uh, it's, I think it's gonna be a grand old time. I, I, I. Hopefully, I'll just see this the day it comes out. That's, I, I mean, that's midnight launch for me. Like first showing, I'm there. Uh, I had a thought, but it's starting to leave me. Come back. Oh, uh, like, there was a, I see a lot of complaining that this isn't based on, like, like the Gen 1 games and participating in the Pokemon League, being a Pokemon trainer. This is by far the better route. Definitely. This yeah. is not as recognizable for people. It stars the most famous Pokemon of all time. Um, and it leaves a more interesting, uh, more interesting not as clean, not super clean slate, but clean enough slate that they can kind of write around just a few little details. Mm-hmm. I mean, if like, you want a good Gen 1 movie, go watch the animated film that came out, like, what, a year or two ago? Pokemon Origins? Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely watch that. Um, and uh, L-Dog in the chat is also saying, we've had enough of that storyline in the games and anime. So, of course, like, Take something brand new and make that interesting. And based on the trailer, I think it's plenty interesting. Story-driven game for a movie. It makes sense. It works. Yeah. Uh, And as far as, like, the Pokemon world, like, this movie takes place in the Pokemon world as we know it already, which is a plus. But also, like, they're not holding back on the Pokemon just in general like there's posters and and stores and they're integrating pokemon into everyday life you're seeing pokemon as it should exist in the context of the games but in the ways that we haven't gotten to see before and that should make this movie interesting for any pokemon fan if you ask me it was like one shot early in the trailer 
when he's first getting off that train in the city and you just see like all these Pokemon and people walking around like it's organic, like it's just natural. Yeah. And that's the moment I was sold. I'm like, oh, hey, Pokemon are real. I'm going to catch them all. And they're just a regular part of everyday life. And they're not like super involved in everybody's lives, like in the case of Tim, where Tim just works in a call center. Um, he knows what he's about, man. Yeah. That also plays into my, you know, symbolism from earlier. Uh, Does it speak to your soul? Yeah. <laughs> but also, we see, like, there's a shot of Pikachu, like, walking across some, uh, some like, food stands uh, where he's talking to Tim and telling him about his situation. And uh, they don't show it, but you can see behind him is a Charmander tail, like, lighting the flame of a pan and helping the, you know, the chef cook. That's fantastic. The movie's being creative. Yeah, it it plays on the fact that, like, you know, for so long we've just had Pokemon mostly in the context of, like, they fight each other, right? There was always hints in the games that, like, Pokemon did other things. And Um, we see it a little bit in the anime. Yeah, but to see it, like, something like that, like, no, Pokemon have other practical purposes, and they do other things, and... Um, and that's just a really good thing. Like, I was just thinking how, how much care that they've put into this movie, at least from what I can see. Um, you could tell like it's a big budget film, which they could have easily done something that would have been akin to like a straight to DVD movie. Um, and they didn't, they're like, they, they really put the time in and, and I hope they don't end up doing like, oh man, this Pokemon movie was a success, so we should just like pump out more, you know? But like, knowing that, like, it seems like care has been put into this film, even the if it's was nothing like by one of the writers of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, hopefully, like, this doesn't turn into just a cash cow and. Uh, they don't, you know, treat it cheaply because, like, I'd love to see this movie do like exceptionally well. Um, you look I, at other you, like animated live action films and how well they do. It's like I think this movie has just as much, if not more, potential just because it's like, look, it's Pikachu. <laughs> and also speaking to the production on a film side, just outside of like technology, uh, the cinematography looks good. They're really, like, hammering in that neo-noir kind of lighting and visual style. Yeah. Like, they're not they're not going halfway on anything, from what I can tell. I mean, you got Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu, respectable <sighs> so, actor. Justice Smith, from the little we got to see in the trailer, he looks like he's going to do a fine job. His yeah. name's Justice. I'm already in. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's hard for me to find things that I disliked about that trailer. And I think that's making a lot of people upset is that there's not a lot of reasons to be upset. So they're looking for reasons to think the movie's going to be bad. And, and the, the movie could yeah. be bad. We don't know. We don't know, but I think we all need to like, at least give it a chance before we decide, Oh, it's a video game movie. It's going to be bad. Right. Um, I think that's this, the thing. I, I'm hoping this will be the time we get surprised with a good movie and it starts the string of good video or movie adaptations from video games. I also and wonder how I've been many people of this movie for 15 20 years. Yeah. I also wonder <laughs> how many people like 
don't understand that this movie is based on the premise of another game. A lot of them don't. (laughs) Like, they're just like, oh, they're just writing a story around it. It's like, no, 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 no. This was like a narrative-driven game. And then we're turning that into a movie. I think it's like... I I watched a video where I think a guy mentioned that this is the first movie ever based on a point-and-click adventure. Yeah, I mean, if there's any, like, style of game to turn into a film, it would be this kind of game you know exactly so obviously i think it's one of the like it's one of the safest ways to go about it but at the same time you know you already have like you know points that you're touching whereas you're like oh we're gonna make a monster hunter movie what are you gonna do with that we can do anything and that's not always the best thing whereas like oh no 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 no, there's already like a a path to what this would look like it's already almost here. We just have to figure out, like, hash out some of the details. I really want them to steal the tagline from the Superman movie. It'll make you believe Pokemon are real. <laughs> uh, also, the, the trailer opens with the... Da, da, da. You know, that familiar Pokemon chills. theme. Uh-huh. But if you play it at the same time as the actual song in the trailer... Um, they line up. I think they're the same BPM and like they melodically fit together. I watched a video, I think on Reddit and it blew my mind. Like that was incredibly intentional. Yeah. A lot of attention to detail. So, I mean, again, I I think at the very least we're going to get a, get a decent, enjoyable film. Uh, Charlotte makes a point that I, that I think kind of resonates with everyone. It's. Uh, I think she says. I think people are just afraid to be hopeful because of how many terrible video game movies there are. I know that's how I kind of feel. And yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Like there are other video game movies I was hopeful for, like Tomb Raider. Uh, I really thought Tomb Raider could have been something, and unfortunately, it wasn't. Yeah, considering there's already been like a bunch of Tomb Raider films that were bad, and like you would have like looked at that and be like, okay, this is bad. So how do we make it not bad? <laughs> We've we've gone from all video game movies being awful to video game movies being tolerable. Yeah, Pikachu. but there's still some Pikachu pretty bad ones. <laughs> I feel like I should just like make a list of like video game movies and just really do my research because we know they're bad, and obviously I've seen some of them. Um, case in point, the Super Mario Bros. movie, because um, anything can happen. Bowser can look like a dinosaur. Um, or be a I, human. I'm going to make human. the argument, though, that I, if Nintendo <laughs> didn't think these movies would end up being good, they wouldn't take the risk. Yeah. I that think... said, I don't think Nintendo has... I don't think they actually have anything to do with the movie at all. Because uh, their logo doesn't even show up at the beginning. Uh, specifically, it's the Pokemon company. Yeah. But um, again, like, that's... For the same the reason, company. I agree with you. Because the Pokemon company is the same way. Yeah. Um... It's even, like, you know, quickly talking about, like, the upcoming uh, Mario Bros. movie, which is slated for, like, 2022 or something like that. 2022. Um, I'm going to be 28. I I have a, I have a suspicion that's going to be a good movie. <laughs> I have a suspicion that's going to be a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, say what you will about the people involved. It's, it's always, like, you know, Nintendo and the Pokemon Company, they... They are incredibly protective 
of their IP. They've been down this road before, specifically Nintendo. Uh, so they know when to stop or when to say, no, that's not going to fly. We have Miyamoto right up there with the bigwigs of the movie making decisions along with them and saying, no, you can't do that. Just yeah. like how he said there can't be a story in Paper Mario Sticker Shop. So, is, with Miyamoto, <laughs> there is he going to have, like... can't be a story like, in your Mario movie? What? Is, is he going to have, like, an executive producer role? That's what I would anticipate. I like. believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's been directly involved since talks of that movie ever began. So, I, oh. I have a lot of faith in that film. Gotta protect his baby. Uh, that said, I haven't heard anything in regards to, like how the Pokemon company has been involved in Detective Pikachu, so you can't say a lot there. That said, I I think we can all agree this is a movie we will definitely be going to see. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't miss this for the world at this point. Like, I am 100% on board. If it's great, great. If it's bad, oh well. At least there was a good first I have to show up and know. At the very least, we're going to go there. We're going to see some really cool-looking Pokemon on the big screen. <laughs> and That's see how a I really, feel about Monster Hunter right really now. Really stellar voice performance by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, I'm really tired of people complaining that it's not Danny DeVito, because I've actually never been on board for that, ever. It was just the meme. It was a meme. People were like, that would be hysterical. That would be funny. Yeah. But also, I guess before we should move on, um, the reception to this trailer has been overwhelmingly positive. Something I never expected. That's a really good sign. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, is this start of the cycle where we're going to see, like, a Nintendo-based movie every two to three years? Yeah. And this would be the first one, because, you know, four years from now, or I guess three years from then, uh, would be Super Mario Brothers. And I guarantee you, before Mario comes out, we'll know what the next Nintendo movie is. Metroid. Zelda. I would be okay with either. Heck, they could do whatever they want. I don't Kid care. Chris, you're right. <laughs> I I'm actually don't care. Whatever movie they want to make next, fine. I will go see it. Uh, Mr. Game see. and watch the movie. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think that's enough for detect of Detective Pikachu for now. I can't Detective wait to see Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. I can't wait to see what they show us next. I'm so so excited. Uh, it took the wind out of the sails for Toy Story Four. <laughs> People stopped caring after the first like hour. Well, like, that oh, being said, that being said, we only got a teaser trailer for Toy Story Four. Yeah, and then we, we got a much anything... more exciting one the day after. Yeah, but even then, it wasn't like based on any story or anything like that so i mean i think we'll start talking right. about toy like we story got a real 4. trailer for pikachu yeah so once there's a real trailer for toy story 4 there'll be more talk actually i think that's a good point like doing a teaser for detective pikachu probably would have been bad yeah yeah <laughs> that would have given a lot of time for people to be like oh this is gonna be terrible um okay so we already talked about uh miyamoto working closely on the the Mario movie, so I think we can move on from that. Uh, here's an interesting piece of news. Sony will not be at E3 2019. Apparently at all. Like, not even on the show floor. They know what they're about. Like, Nintendo has been doing their digital events ever since 2013, I want to say. Right. Uh, but they've at least been on the show floor. This is interesting. Uh, Sony's just backing out. They're saying, nope, we're gone. 
It's a bold move. Does it? Well, I mean, well, it could signal a lot of things. There's been discussions that E3 is on the way out. Uh, I think that plays into it. I think Sony might not actually have anything to show us. That's also possible. Um, they do say that they're going to have their own way of going about this, you know, similar to Nintendo with their Nintendo Directs. We don't know in what capacity, but I don't think they have a lot to say. They also canceled PSX this year, or PlayStation mm-hmm. Experience. Um, that tells me a couple things. That PS4s get close to being done, and that they're getting ready to show PS5 in the next couple years. I would agree with that. Though I don't think it's as big of a deal as everybody's saying. No, I'm not saying it like it's yeah. a bad. No, no, no. It's and it's not. And and here's the thing. It's and I also don't feel upset owning a PS4 because I think their first few releases. I mean, I think there will still be some a lot of games that are cross platform, right? Uh, that release on PS4 and PS5. Also, I think I think PS5 will be Xbox One's Xbox One X. Like I think you that's think it'll be iterative. Yeah, I think it will. I think you'll be able to play all your PS4 games, all your downloadable games that you have on PS4 will transfer over to PS5 because that's how you keep consumers. It's so easy. It's so much I mean, easier than having forget, to rebuild. We shouldn't forget that Sony, you know, they used to do that. Like you know, between PS1, PS2, I don't remember if PS3 was backwards compatible with anything. No, it wasn't. Uh, the, PS3 was just nope. Well, the first model of it was. But like oh, just okay. just based on the fact that like they're using a lot of like PC like hardware and architecture in in these current consoles, I think they made the PS4 in in mind that this is going to be the future. The future is keeping those consumers and being able to play all your games whether they were on even like again even digital stuff like i think your ps4 games will go over to your ps5 um honestly eventually i think they'll get away from even the the numbering of the systems you know uh i don't know that for sure it's just that's kind of how it feels to me Mm -hmm. um i think that's the way it should be because i think that's better just in every aspect you know um yeah for the most part i pretty much agree uh <clears throat> i don't think it makes sense to kind of get away from i don't want to say exclusivity but inclusive exclusivity yeah well think about building your your user base right and having to rebuild that every generation like it's just not it's not good business cuz where's the money the money's in the software it's never been about the hardware. It's unless you're Nintendo who sells your hardware at a profit. Uh, it's never, ever been about the hardware. I think what right. Xbox is doing right now, I think they have set themselves up very nicely to continue building that base and not have to start over. Like all this, like, you know, Xbox 360, they had like, you know, over 80 million uh, consoles sold. And then, like, Xbox One didn't do quite as well, but then they were like, well, you know, why don't we just keep building on top of that? So if you have your Xbox One, you can play all those games. They look nice. Eventually, they'll phase out the Xbox One. It's it's just consoles, except they're taking the phone route with it, you know, with the smartphones, where it's like, okay, we have, like, 
six generations of consoles and then eventually we just stop supporting one and if you are haven't already bought like a new one you know like oh i skipped like three generations but i've been able to play all my games you know and then now all the games are looking nicer and now i'm gonna upgrade my xbox to the xbox one z or something like that you know all that said uh, we're a Nintendo podcast, so we should probably move to the other side of the conversation. Um, and that is that Reggie used this as an opportunity to promote Nintendo at E3 2019. Oh, I'm not surprised. They were like, oh, this is our opportunity. And uh, Xbox did the same thing, except they tweeted it out. Uh, Reggie did not. Uh, he says, uh, but whether or not Nintendo hits its 2018 numbers, he's talking about 2019 as a whole right now. Uh, the future seems bright for the Switch, in addition to already announced titles like Fire Emblem Three Houses, a new Animal Crossing, and a proper mainline Pokemon game. Uh, Fizeme tease there are also brand new surprises that we haven't shared yet. F-Zero! We, what we want to do is surprise and delight our fans in ways uh, that they didn't even think of. Like F-Zero! <laughs> Who's like thinking F-Zero. about that? They did surprise us in ways that we weren't expecting last year, like with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. <laughs> And like a new Smash, just right out of the gate. Actually, yeah, like full stop. <laughs> that I was not expecting. Um, Only so, yeah. Andre was expecting it. <laughs> For real. Uh, so yeah, Nintendo will be at E3 2019. What else can you say? Um, Reggie says there is not a Nintendo 64 classic in their planning horizon. I'm not surprised. We I've not heard so about it by now, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah. Uh, maybe I, next year. I don't think so. I I think it's going to be a minute before they they move on to the next generation, right? That's why um, there's a a maybe in my response. Yeah. So I mean, I in a certain degree, I still think they're milking like the NES and the SNES classic. You know, I still see those on shelves. Obviously, I work retail right now. Uh, and there are people who will come in, and I, I don't necessarily work electronics, but I'll be, like, in the toy section, I'll be right next to electronics, and people will be like, uh, yeah, do you guys have any, like, nice classics? You know, people are still buying them, you know? So, Holiday season. Yeah. Perfect so time for it. I, I think that, like, they're going to milk those for a minute. Um, and then, and, and then specifically, like, with, like, the Switch Online service, is, like, they're still going through nes titles i don't think we'll get a n64 classic until they start putting snes games on the switch online service yeah that makes sense to me uh and there's not really a need for it right now to be honest nope they're gonna sell through that stock of the nes and the snes and once all that's you know sold through then they can think about moving on with the next thing uh, that's not to say that they're not working on a Game Boy Classic or something like that. Uh, he just specifically said there's not a Nintendo 64 Classic. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, uh, this is kind of a twofold thing. Uh, the Game Award nominees were announced earlier this week, uh, and Nintendo qualified for only two categories. Uh, they qualified for Best Family Game. They were nominated with Mario Tennis Aces, Nintendo Labo, and Super Mario Party were all in that category alongside Overcooked 2 and Starlink Battle for Atlas. Yeah. And then they were also nominated for Best Sports Slash Racing Game with Mario Tennis Aces. And those are the only nominations I got this year. 
Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, Nintendo Xenoblade Two. Yeah, I mean, Smash they, isn't out yet, so they had. It wasn't like a dry year, but there wasn't any like really, really big. It was a dry year. Well, not dry in in the sense of like Wii U dry. That's what I'm thinking of when I think of dry. Oh well, no, but uh, the majority of the year was was ports and re-releases. And waiting for Smash. And waiting for Smash. Yeah, I mean, they definitely were planning on, like, oh, here's a bunch of, like, older games that you didn't get to play on the Wii U that we're going to pad out the library and it's still going to draw people in. They they told us about Smash in March for a reason. Yeah. Because they didn't have much else to say. Okay, look, here's Smash, and we don't have much else, but Smash! You know, uh, Pokemon just came out, uh, was it today, officially? Pokemon came out today. Okay. November 16th. Um, and then obviously Smash, and those are two really, really big hitters. Um, but I I think I think 2019 will be a much more active year. Uh, obviously, we're going to get Fire Emblem Three Houses in terms of uh, just a really stellar RPG. Um, uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, Animal Crossing. We I wonder have, if there'll uh, be like a really, like a big, like kind of grittier title you know metroid prime 4 2019 i don't know Did... uh reggie I... fizeme said that internally we have expectations about when metroid prime 4 is going to be released we haven't announced it but yeah the game is well in development what do you That's think the... yeah what do you think the development cycle for a game like this would be i don't think metroid prime is big has big of a development cycle as like uh like uh, Breath of the Wild, I think it'd be right. closer to something like Super Mario Odyssey. I don't think it's as intense as people are, are preemptively thinking. So maybe like two and a half years, maybe less yeah. than that. Yeah. So when did they officially announce? 2017 E3. So it's been about a year and a half. And uh, it was probably in development already at that point. Okay, so I guess 2019, maybe like late 2019, wouldn't be too unreasonable. Uh, no, I don't think so either. And, and another reason I wanted to bring that up, especially tied to this Game Awards thing, is that I ex- fully expect we're going to see it at the Game Awards this year. I, I don't I'm, think I'm mixed it on doesn't that. have to be in a huge capacity. Just, just even as a reminder that hey, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, if we see like a render of Samus or just like some short CG thing, I think we will see it in some form. I would love to see like an in-engine cutscene. That's what I think would be the most appropriate. I think it'd be enough. Um, like you know, obviously the when they revealed it, it was just the the four right, uh, and then the kind of makeshift. Uh, you know, logo. The very like had. poorly slapped together logo. <laughs> yeah. Um but I, I think like an in engine like cutscene that they're like, okay, this is mostly finished. We can brush up, you know, what this looks like and then show that to people. I'm giving uh, you my official prediction. Okay. This is what's gonna happen. Uh usually when Nintendo has an announcement at the Game Awards, Jeff Keeley will say that the announcement is from Nintendo. We'll know that beforehand. We won't for Metroid Prime Four. We are going to get something that is going to have us questioning what it is. We're not going to know it's Metroid Prime 4. But then Samus is going to walk in a frame and you're going to hear that classic Metroid Prime. Da, 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 da. And it's going to stop. That's it. 
That's all we get. And maybe I've... maybe a year. Yeah. That's all we'd need. I hope we get some, like, maybe some, like, voice acting. Like, it starts off with some yelling and some dialogue, you know? Because that would really throw people for a loop, right? I mean, there there was voice acting in Metroid Prime 3. Right, so. but it's still not, like, something that you expect from Nintendo, you know? Other than, like, oh, like, Breath of the Wild, when we heard a voice, like, in the trailer, like, people went nuts. We um, each have to take down about ten. <laughs> 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 um... But I feel like that might be a good... But, I mean, I guess there's not too much sense uh, in speculating too much. Uh, because we no, really don't know. I mean, that's know. all I wanted to say. Yeah. I, uh, I think there's a pretty good chance. I'm, I'm like, leaning towards it. But I don't think... I don't Nintendo think will show like... up with something, guaranteed. Absolutely. I'd love to hear more about Bayonetta 3. Yeah. Or maybe they'll just drop a full-on Super Mario Odyssey expansion. That would be cool, too. I'd be down for that. They're not below just showing us a trailer for DLC and then releasing it the same night. That didn't make me incredibly excited last year. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, so moving on, new search filters have been added to the Nintendo Switch eShop. Everybody clap. Yay. I- I'm always down with a little bit. like The eShop, in terms of search filters and finding things, was pretty bare bones. Right, uh, and they, they gave us some great options here. We have uh, a selection for on sale, download only, supports online play, and playable now. It's not a lot. Like, I wish Publisher maybe was in there. Yeah, it's still uh, an improvement. It, yeah, definitely an improvement over what we had. Um, So, yeah, uh, I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, just getting more stuff like this uh, added over time is certainly welcome. And I don't think it should stop here. Uh, <laughs> L-Dog in the chat is, I'm guessing this is in reference to the Game Awards, saying that they're going to announce Labo 2. <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of game, L-Dog. I don't think it's that I, kind of game. I think he's memeing. <laughs> uh, a a sequel to everything. A couple quick stories I don't want to dwell on for too long. Um THQ Nordic has 55 games in development, and 35 of them are unannounced. That's a lot of unannounced games. They've yeah. also acquired Bugbear Entertainment and Coffee Stains Studio. I'm not too terribly familiar with Bugbear. Um, Ridge Racer. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, but Ridge Racer. <laughs> Coffee Stains. Coffee Stains, Ridge the only Racer. reason I, obviously, I'm familiar with Coffee Stains Studio is because Ridge I'm pretty Racer. sure Coffee Stain Project is Cafe? Go- Goat Simulator. Uh, let's see. I'm like 99% sure that's Goat Simulator, and that's hysterical. I know they actually have some, like, actual real games in development, whereas Goat Simulator was, like, that game jam game that they did that they were like, oh, we can capitalize it on it, and nobody cares that it's, like, a bad game. Because it's a bad game. But it's it's really fun. <laughs> I looked up Coffee Stains Studio by just typing Coffee Stains, and then I hit enter, <laughs> and I was <laughs> greeted with pictures of Coffee Stains. <laughs> uh, but On yes, brand. I like they it. they are responsible for Goat Simulator. Yeah, that's what I thought. As, and Goat Z, Sanctum Two. Isn't and, uh, Goat that's... Z just like an expansion? Yeah. Is that where your Goat turned Super Saiyan? Uh, it looks like a zombie game. Kamehameha. Look, it looks like the only other real like game worth mentioning was uh, Sanctum. 
Okay. Uh, but still, I mean, it's good that THQ is acquiring anything because what what do they even do? These what do they do? Well, okay, let's let's clarify. It's THQ Nordic, okay? Because THQ is defunct. Yeah, um, Nordic Nordic bought them out, right? Uh, yeah, formerly Nordic Games. Yeah, they bought them out, and they were like, okay, THQ Nordic. Well, and they I were... didn't even know. I've never heard of Nordic before. Yeah, I'm not sure what they did like previously. They bought out THQ. <laughs> the only thing that THQ well, they has bought the done... defaulted assets of THQ, the remnants. In August 2015, in 2018, THQ Nordic acquired the rights to Time Splitters. That's kind of noteworthy, I think. Yes. That is uh, Just imagine... As well as Alone in the Dark. Which I think is also noteworthy. Um, we're going to see these games soon, probably. Uh, I just don't have enough of a history with the studio and the uh, the publisher to really to really say how I feel. Yeah, I'm just glad that they're they're still out there and they're still getting work done. Uh, but that leads us to the last topic of the day, um, being Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Oh boy. <laughs> So, Paul, at this point, you've gotten more hours than me the game. So I'm yep. just going to let you start off. So, starting off, I've played Pokemon Red back in the day from beginning to end several times. It might be one of the like games in my childhood that I played the most through. Um, so, all that to say, that this game is incredibly charming. And like every second I've been playing, I've had a huge smile on my face the whole time. Agreed. <laughs> Like the every like, especially with like the story beats. Whenever there's a story beat, they always have these really cute little cutscenes with your Pokemon doing, well, just being adorable, existing. Yeah. Like when you uh when you when you get a badge, like you you high five with your Pokemon, but they like slap their tail against your hand. The first time that happened, I I immediately messaged you because it just like blew my mind. It was such an insane little detail that made me like my Eevee that much more. There's so many insane little details. Like uh, the first, your your bedroom in the game. In the upper left corner of the, the front-facing wall is a poster of, was it like Nidorino versus Gengar? Yep, which call back to the first game. Yeah. To the first game, yeah. That's fantastic. I love that little stuff. Also, if the Detective Pikachu doesn't open that way, I'm going to be salty. I need to ask you this, and you might not remember, but I noticed like I was playing with the right Joy-Con and on the desk with the switch on in the game was only the left Joy-Con. Because that's the because you had the right one. Yeah, I it don't was know. the same for me. Okay, I'll have man. I'm wondering if that's an actual detail to it. If, <laughs> like if you use the other Joy-Con that the right if one it, would. Still... Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll have to go back and check uh, because I am actually playing with a different input method, the Pokeball Plus. Both the Joy-Cons are there. How does that work? This is a joystick, Logan. Well, I get that, but, like, how many other it's, inputs it, are on the controller? Joystick. Button. Button on the top. Is the one on the top, is that, like, a back? This is B. Okay. This is A. Because I've, I've realized while I was playing it, I don't know why. I just became lazy. I didn't want to, like, move off of the joystick to press the A button. So I just started clicking it in, and it works. Oh yeah. Uh 
you know, speaking of that, like this game is played with a single Joy-Con, which is comfortable enough on its own. Mm. But specifically the Pokeball, uh, since it's round, it just kind of like fits snugly in your hand. It's incredibly comfortable. It does not demand a lot from the player when holding it. So you There's... you had, you didn't have that last night when you were playing, right? No, I got about an hour of time with it before we started the show. My wife bought me this today. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know I was going to have this. I came home to a little little surprise. And you can you can use that for Pokemon Go, yeah. Yep. Uh, this is a Pokemon Go Plus. Uh, it automatically spins Pokestops when you walk by them. You don't even have to interact with it at all. Oh wow. And then That's obviously nice touch. You, you press the the button to catch Pokemon. That you still have to do. See, that seems really compelling. I would just need a new phone that would actually like encourage like, me to play Pokemon Go. Like this is a this is a fifty dollar product. Uh-huh. If it weren't for the Pokemon Go interaction, I don't think this would be worth it for that. Price. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that yeah. you can like play it in the game and then also use it with Pokemon Go, like and it's functional. It's, it's rechargeable. So, like with the Pokemon Go Plus, that is using an expendable battery. This you can recharge, which mm-hmm. is already a I big like plus. I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, I I gotta say I love this thing so far. Um, uh, there are a couple of things I do have misgivings with the fact that there's no X button. You there is literally just no way to press X at all. Well, that's what I was really wondering about is, like, how does the actual input work overall within there the game? There is a shake input as well. Okay. Um, but so far, that just takes you straight to play with your Pokemon. Right. I mean, uh, that, that's arguably more important, like, the menus and stuff, so... I can get through the majority of, like, important menus. Despite this acting as the B button, it acts as the X button, like, in the overworld... But if I have to press the X button in a menu, I don't have one. Yeah. Uh, So I still have my Joy-Con by my side if I have to do anything, like, really specific. But for the most part, this does everything I need it to do. Uh, (laughs) Paul, what is your experience so far with the HD Rumble? I actually have, like, HD Rumble's one of those things that just always, like, flies over my head. I don't really pay attention to it. I think that usually speaks volumes of it because it's just so natural that, like, I don't notice it's incredible in this thing. Like, it's it's really good in the Joy-Con, but it is like a level above inside the Pokeball Plus. Do you feel like you actually have Pokemon with you? Well, like when you when you're catching the Pokemon and it shakes three times, mm-hmm. uh, for one, it shakes with the intensity that you would expect for each individual one. It gets weaker because the Pokemon's struggling to to get out. But mm-hmm. you can feel it shake in a specific direction, and it changes the direction with each shake. It's crazy how like detailed the actual rumble is in this little thing. And then the when question... you catch the Pokemon, it cries inside the ball, and you can hear. Oh, I was gonna say though, like <laughs> that's so thing I sad. Know is how do you take a screenshot with that? You don't. There's also no home button. Like this I... is strictly for playing Pokemon. When you mentioned like how you have another Joy-Con next to you just in case. Like, I've been playing with the right Joy-Con, but I have the left Joy-Con next to me in case I, something cute happens I need to take a screenshot. Because, <laughs> I mean, That's... just, like, I've, I've never been really much for, like, I never really cared much for Eevee. Um, but this game has, like, completely changed my perspective on it. Now because you do. my Eevee is just so adorable. And I I keep taking screenshots, which I never do, because my Eevee's adorable and I need to I need to document how adorable it is. 
Uh, I have to excuse myself for just a second, but you two keep talking. Yeah. So I just want to talk about how, Paul, you definitely made the superior choice in terms of, like, which version of the game you went with. Because uh, Eevee is objectively a better Pokemon than Pikachu, right? See, I, I wanted Let's Go Pikachu, but I decided to just leave it up in the air. Um, why was that? <laughs> because know, obviously... I I, I had Pokemon Yellow, I think, on uh, my Nintendo DS. So if I wanted that experience, I could kind of get it. Yeah. But I couldn't get the experience with the EV. And because I couldn't decide between that, I decided to leave it up to Twitter. Yeah. And they decided on EV. So I, actually, an overwhelming majority in favor of EV. Yeah. If I decide to pick up this game at some point, and there's a lot of reasons I would, uh, some reasons I wouldn't. Um, but I would definitely get Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I've probably said this previously. I just, I really like Eevee. That's fair. I mean, we all, we also have Brandon with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. So if there's anything you can't catch in your version, we can trade. Like I already know me and Brandon have negotiated a trade and I got an extra bell sprout for you, man. The only thing I I would have loved more than Pokemon Let's Go Eevee is Pokemon Let's Go Vulpix. I actually there just is, caught a Vulpix. There is a third Pokeball, like in Professor Oak's lab, and they don't tell you what's in it. I oh. I went out of my way to like go for every other Pokeball but my actual Eevee. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have at least like told you what the other ones were, but they're just like, no, man, that's not your Eevee. Your Eevee <laughs> is in the center one. <laughs> not the right-hand side, the center one. As the Pokeball's just jumping in the air. So you actually have to catch uh, your starter Pokemon uh, out with Professor Oak before the uh, before you claim it. Um, so I think we should talk about catching for a bit. What do you think of it? Do you like it? For the most part, I like it. I've had a few mishaps where I thought I was throwing straight and then it just like flies off to the side. My roommate was watching me play it for a little bit. And there was like... I was trying to capture an onyx and it just kept going off to the side (laughs) he was just laughing at me so profusely so what you have to do is like you point your joy con or your pokeball at the screen in your starting position and then you hit okay and then at that point you bring your arm back and just flick it down straight in front of you throws it straight ahead of you if you flick it this way it specifically has to be this motion where your arm comes down in a direction. And that dictates actually like, which way you throw. Like, for angular shots, I'll just flick it to the side. All I have to do is just down in the direction I'm facing. Um, but that works, too. Don't throw it up, because that doesn't work. <laughs> Don't you do this, because that doesn't do that do anything either. Um, but there's can a, I there's spin a... it, and then... I don't think you can throw curveball throws. I haven't figured that out. Uh, <clears throat> but I would expect to since you can in Pokemon Go. Yeah. And uh, how you capture Pokemon dictates how much experience you get. Like if it you throw actually pays throw, to get those timing down. Yeah, because uh, you, you get a lot of experience for catching Pokemon. In fact, you get a lot more experience for catching Pokemon than you do battling them on average oh. from, what I, from what I've played. I actually had a grinding session where uh, it wasn't to actually like get experience from my Pokemon. 
but I was capturing a lot of Pokemon so I could get um, you could get Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirrel. You had to catch a certain number of Pokemon to get each of them, and so I was like twenty down to get Charmander and Squirtle, and so I was just catching Pokemon so I could get these other ones. But like the experience I got from that was just insane. What's what's funny is I caught my Bulbasaur in the wild before I even got presented that first one. I, I heard about that. <laughs> Didn't you spend like an hour in the forest looking for one? Yeah, and then it finally spawned. I mean, well, I spent an hour actually just navigating the forest because I like went through every corner to make sure that the Pokemon spawns were, you know, weren't the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and right before I was about to leave, that's when my spawned, and I Lucky. captured it and I moved on. I didn't know they even spawned there, so I just kind of... Um... One of the trainers tells you they do if you battle her. Probably did, but I probably also wasn't paying attention. <laughs> they got some good, it's like they got some good tips. Just keep hitting the progress button. Don't She's care, like, did don't you care. know that there are Bulbasaurs here? And I said, oh. And then I just started looking for Bulbasaurs. I um, think that's the fair reaction. A lot of, like, more serious Pokemon players have a lot of misgivings about capturing they don't like that you don't battle pokemon to weaken them anymore i don't mind that as much if that doesn't ever come back i would be okay with that i would actually i was thinking about this a little bit i wouldn't mind having the option to battle pokemon if i don't particularly feel like catching it that'd be nice i'll level i'll level level with you on that like if um, i accidentally end up in an encounter it'd be nice to actually just fight the pokemon sometimes versus just running away oh yeah for sure because at that point that's your only option um i would be okay if random encounters never came back again i i definitely like this method much more like even if they spawn like right in front of me where i'm going and actually it's happened like two or three times throughout a five or six hour play session it's really not that bad and I still like knowing when I run into it what I'm going to be fighting. Yeah, yeah, and there'll also be like little energy sparks on it to show you if it's a uh, like a big one or a small one, because there can be there's size variation too, and you get bonus experience for that as well. So, have you run into a situation which like you encountered a Pokemon that you didn't really see? Like, for example, maybe like a Pokemon like jumps out of a bush that it was hiding in. You know what I mean? You get, like, ambushed. Some of the Pokemon will blend in, like, with the grass if you're walking through. Caterpie. I kept encountering Caterpie that I just couldn't spot because okay. they blended in with the tall grass. Because, like, I think that's a more, like, interesting implementation because then you get more variety as to, like, how you encounter, like, Pokemon. Not just, the, like, the, oh, you went into the grass and then encountered a Pokemon, you know? The way they walk around in the field is pretty interesting, too. Uh, some of them will actively run away from you. And there will be some that will actually just target you. Right. So uh, Sometimes they're really hard to dodge. Like, especially... Um... They run at you, and they run fast. Yeah. <laughs> I had a manky spawn right outside of Mount Moon. And uh, as soon as it appeared, it just bolted away from me. And I had to Mac, track it I down. I want you! I caught that guy. I didn't let him get away. <laughs> Catch me one, too. Uh, so you've, you've encountered Team Rocket, I'm assuming. Yep. Jesse and James and Meowth. I I love it so much. It's so much better than like just the generic rocket grunts. Yeah. And they're also dumb. 
I love it. <laughs> they don't shy away from the fact that Jesse and James are completely incompetent. <laughs> like they're running around looking for the the uh, the fossils in Mount. I like Moon. how they're yelling at like Meowth to just like go get that rock. They're staring off like into the distance. Yeah, go get the rock. Completely like oblivious to the fact that you're just walking right by them to go to get the fossils in the very next room. Uh, also, uh, in, in regards to random encounters, I love how much time it saves you. Getting through Mount Moon was not painful, like it always is for me. I hate going through Mount Moon because every five steps you walk, Zubat. Pokemon encounter. Whoa, 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 Zubat. whoa, 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 whoa! Are you saying you don't enjoy encountering Zubat? Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm hearing? Because that's that's you what only I'm hearing. You catch so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even spawn as much as, like, Geodudes, at least in my case. I got oh. more Geodudes than I got Zubat. I actually think I had, a, like, a larger proportion of Zubat to everything else, but, like, it it wasn't as obnoxious. Like, I like having that control over it where you can avoid encounters if you really don't want to, unless, like, they fly right at you or they spawn where you're walking. Yeah, they'll do that, too, where they just, like, spawn right where you're at. I mean, um, but even still, like that's not as it's not as bad. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we should also talk about trainer battles. Uh, the battle system is Pokemon. There are a lot of complaints from competitive players, but it's like, sure, there's a lot of things missing, like IVs and EVs are not as controllable in some respects, and more controllable in other ways. Like you can feed Pokemon candy, and it will specifically boost a, like a particular stat. Uh, so you can control that more specifically. Um, but, like, as far as the battle system is concerned, it's it's just Pokemon. Yeah, I I mean, I kind of like it simplified to a degree. Like, the stats and all of that. I wasn't, uh, I'm not a card counter, man. I don't need that. I mean, well, they didn't even really change it at all. It's just the way it's always worked. Mm-hmm. They show you on a nifty graph now, so it's easier to kind of visualize rather than just the numbers. Um, but it's honestly not changed as much as people are saying it has. It, I mean, like they've removed breeding and eggs and uh, a lot of other things, but at its core, it's still Pokemon. Yeah. And I mean, I imagine that a lot of stuff that is missing will be back with, you know, next year's release. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they've already, like, kind of made it sound like that was the intention, was to just bring those things back for the the more focused Pokemon experience. Yeah. It's a mainline Pokemon that, like... game. It's not a core Pokemon game. It's a, it's a spinoff of sorts. But they do consider it a mainline game, right. as much as people don't want to admit that. I, you know, like I said, I played Red front to back several several times and this experience as a whole is just so delightful it's taking me back yeah i'm i'm honestly i'm loving every minute of it i i'm incredibly glad that i picked this game up and i'm happy that i'm enjoying it as much as i and with, like this is pure pokemon for me with the removal of like random encounters i also really like seeing pokemon in the world oh yeah definitely it's such a nice change of pace I think one of the only things about Let's Go I dislike 
is uh, just Kanto on its own. <laughs> Kanto's really not that interesting of a place, like compared to uh, the Alolan region or Unova. the The areas are a lot more interesting. Um, there's elevation that's not just like pillars of places stacked on top of each other, like there's hills. <laughs> but in Kanto, it's all very flat and not. Those ladders. Not, not super interesting. Uh, that's not like a, a knock against it, because obviously it's a remake of the very Pokemon game. You know, well, Pokemon Yellow. Um, but I want to see these kinds of visuals applied to a more creative space. They're doing a lot with what they've got, and I'll give them that for sure. Um, but it's just making me think about what the possibilities are. That's fair. That's really my only knock. Oh, I guess I do have one other knock. Your your partner Pokemon is really strong. Too strong, if you ask me. Like, I've breezed through every battle, type advantage or not. Hmm. Uh, did you Actually, get, like, yeah. one of those, like, overpowered exclusive moves for your Eevee? Like, I think it's in the Cerulean City Pokemon Center. Or maybe it's Mount Moon, but the guy there will just, like, teach your Pokemon an exclusive move. Oh, I missed that. Mine is, like, Zippy Zapow, I think, is the name of the attack. <laughs> Pikachu, it's a combination of Quick Attack and Bolt Tackle. So the attack always goes first. It's melee-based, but it's also an electric attack. What I was going to say, um, I didn't have anything like that, but I found... Um... There's, like, the coach trainers that you can battle, and they're a little bit stronger than the other trainers in the area. Oh, that yeah. I defeated one, and they gave me five Eevee candies, which can be used to, like, boost all of the stats for that for the Pokemon. Like, you have other mm -hmm. candies that you can use to, like, boost specific stats, but this one just did all of them. And so my uh, combat power just skyrocketed for Eevee because I just fed it all five of them right out of the gate. <laughs> Uh, it definitely seems like it's a lot easier and faster to train your Pokemon. Um, going back to, like, capturing Pokemon being a the biggest way to gain experience points, that's great for the post-game when you don't have any trainers to battle because you've beaten them already. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like that. I, I do mean, wish... I was going to say, it sounds like um, you can get more of, like, those Eevee candies, but for, like any pokemon you just have to send enough of them to professor oak so i think there is an incentive yeah to capturing extra and sending them it's like uh it's like pokemon go where you get candy for transferring pokemon um in addition to that if you capture the same pokemon over uh you get a combo bonus every time you do it so like if you capture three or four of the same pokemon in a row uh it'll keep track and it will tell you that you're on a combo on this Pokemon, and it will, I think it boosts some of the experience you get, and it increases the chances of a shiny appearing. Hmm. I'm into it. So there you so, go. Time to catch nonstop Pidgeys. <laughs> so I have about four hours of gameplay so far, and as soon as this podcast is downstairs... I mean, the original title that we threw around for this podcast is this week is canceled because we're playing Pokemon Let's Go. <laughs> and it's for a reason. Like, as soon as I started playing it, I didn't want to stop. It's really good. 
I set a timer for like the last second that I could to make it to the podcast. I had to set a timer on my phone just in case. The last possible second you could play before you had to go. I was downstairs, like on Nugget Bridge, battling trainers and catching Pokemon, like right up to the last minute too. So I feel you on that. Uh, but I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up. Obviously, we like Pokemon. Uh, my audio is cutting out, apparently. I, you cut out for a few words here and there. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's not just for you. That's just uh, the um, realities of doing a podcast in this manner. Just some things get cut out. Um, but I... I I think you can understand kind of the sentiment of what you're getting at with yeah. some of the content. I'll get closer. I don't think it's even that. I think it's just like bits the internet. and data transfer and all that stuff. For sure. Getting lost. I think um, the main point to this Pokemon discussion, though, was uh, maybe try it out because it might just be delightful. And if you don't like it, you know, that's perfectly fair. Like, obviously, Pokemon's evolved a lot over the years and i think it's perfectly okay to miss features that are deliberately missing um but you know your pokemon game is coming out next year that was promised from the get-go so yeah don't be down on this game out of principle at least give it a try um but with all that in mind uh make sure to come back next monday for the breakdown podcast uh but it might just be logan <laughs> yeah it might just be me but i'm gonna do it anyway if that's the case uh because um a myriad of reasons and i think i can do it so i will be missing from the next two weeks worth of everything on the channel except for the zelda playthrough um because i will be preparing to take my jlpt n5 japanese proficiency exam and I need as much time to prepare for that as possible. So I'm just going to step away for a bit, come back when that's all done. And it's done five days before Smash comes out. So perfect timing. Um, make sure to follow me at Babababs. Follow Paul at Gunnysaurus. Follow Logan at Dubs. You can follow us as a collective at Breakroom Arcade. If you want to talk with us even more, you can join our Discord. Link is in the description of the YouTube video. Um, we're always in there discussing stuff. Well, I'm always in there. These guys try wow. to get in there as much as they can. It's not your fault. Got to do other things. Got to make some money somehow. I, 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 I do have 13.5 thousand cent messages in the server. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> um, in addition to that, if you really like what we do here and you want to help support us, you can like and subscribe to this video as well as uh, there's a link to our Patreon in the description below. If you really like what we do here, uh, you can help us out uh, for as little as a dollar a month if you feel the need. And we would appreciate it if you did. Uh, once again, we will be at Woodfield Mall tomorrow, at least Paul and I will, to play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the final roster build. Very excited to try out my boy King K. Rule. Who are you going to play, Paul? I still don't know yet. There's a lot of the newcomers I want to try out. It's going to come down to like us being at the kiosk, and you just have to make a choice. <laughs> I think I might play as my new uh, Fire Emblem homie, Richter. Richter? <laughs> the best Fire Emblem character? Uh, Always. <laughs> if we get multiple rounds, I think I was going to play as one of the Belmonts. Uh, or Incineroar. Or Inkling. I, I, know it's, it's, I know it's ridiculous, but I really 
kind of want to try out my boy Ken. I don't think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he's an Echo Fighter, but he's different. He's also my new main, so... There you go. Uh, Logan, what character are you going to try? <sighs> well, okay, I will say this. I think... Uh, the first character I will try when I boot up that wonderful game for the first time, which might actually be with you guys. Hopefully it's with you guys. Um, More specifically, it will be with me. Yes. Tell unless, me how you really feel. Unless Paul gets that day off, you know. Uh, regardless, um, I'll probably try it, Isabel. Just, just to, like quench my thirst for more animal crossing which is coming pretty soon but not soon enough and when i say not soon enough i mean like not like immediately now like it hasn't happened already yeah (laughs) um okay well i think that's gonna do it for us guys uh so make sure to come back again on monday for the breakdown and again next friday for the nintendo stuff podcast yeah my name is brandon miracle joined by logan and paul this is the Breakdown Pod. This is not the Breakdown Podcast. This is a Nintendo Stuff Podcast. Don't break your backs. Breaking the games. For now, break time's over. <laughs>